Bobbidi-boo. Okay. So it is time for Perhaps It's You, your favorite unofficial Unsolved Mysteries rewatch podcast. I'm Liz. And I'm Samantha. And we dedicate every episode to BD Wong and also you, our five wonderful listeners that tune in every other week. Bless you. Bless you. So we were just talking about how today is a good day to be a donkey. <laughs> I think everybody. How many of your podcasts <laughs> can you say that you hear that phrase? Spoken? Uh, most of your podcasters have a pet donkey, right? Well, Samantha does. Can you be a podcaster and not have a pet donkey? Isn't it it's, like a requirement? It's all the rage. <laughs> so I've been watching. Um, they brought back Law and Order. Like NBC was like, fuck, oh, we got nothing. Let's just bring back Law and Order. That show that was on for 20 years and nobody was watching. And by the end of it, including me, they brought it back. So I've been watching New Law and Order and it's like, whatever. It's so mediocre. But, um, you know, I'll watch it. But it's not like Have it's good. Have there been any horse murders? Well, what made me think of it is that they they you know they're trying to like be be with the times now right they have to like they have to rip things from the headlines headlines. yes 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 (laughs) but also in our modern age so the one that i just watched they just kept being like it's all over social media like they wouldn't (laughs) like they didn't say a specific platform ever or like app or whatever they just were just like it's all over instagram this murder (laughs) they're like it's all over social media so i was gonna be like yeah, every podcaster has a donkey. It's all over social media. <laughs> all of them. All the medias that are social. All the social medias. The TikToks. Yeah. The Instagrams. Sure. I'll, whatever. Whatever the kids are on, it's on that. Uh-huh. That's where the doggies are. <laughs> <laughs> there are, I mean, judging by my Instagram algorithm, there are a lot of donkeys on you could tell you could tell what I'm interested in because my Instagram algorithm is like cute videos of birds, uh-huh, and donkeys. That's like my Instagram and some sewing stuff, but mostly donkeys and birds. Yeah, yeah. I can't that, say I get know, fascinating I glimpse into my life. I'm I sure I get either of those things. So <laughs> well, it's, that's your algorithm, Liz. Yeah, I know. I it's just fascinating how everyone is on actually like a different internet, and you can think like you're like, wow, donkey is so popular, and it's like that might just be you. <laughs> that might not be across the board. <laughs> the rest of us are looking at old Pyrex and My Little Ponies. You know the important mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything you want to talk about before we talk about today's episode? Anything you want to like get off your chest? You say that like there should be some. Yeah, Samantha, <laughs> that I need to get. I, I don't think so. Is there something? I'm... Do I need to? Have I been canceled and I don't know about it? Are you <laughs> that I should? I should say I should speak to something. I have nothing. No, no. I feel like we used to talk more about like. Well, I guess there's been a pandemic, so kind of like in a way sort of nothing's been going on i feel like we used to talk more about like what's happening well but... we used to have things to talk about there used to be <laughs> things happening we haven't got any cemetery tours or weird seances where someone's <laughs> shilling their book yeah we haven't done any of that yeah like maybe that's it i also feel like now that we do bi-weekly there's like no way to catch up on like everything you know what i mean no, i've also forgotten everything i did last week <laughs> So like at some point I was always like, oh, Congress, oh, this. And now it's just like, what? 
I don't know. The world's ending. You knew that. Yeah. I mean, you don't really need like my take on that. It's bad. Guess what? <laughs> don't don't love that the world's ending. Okay. I was uh not super pleased with the lineup of this episode. <laughs> This no, is- <laughs> this one is uh, not my favorite. <laughs> Which I told Samantha that if I got the two segments that I ended up getting, I was going to quit. <laughs> but I, I won't, I won't, I won't. Thanks for tuning into our last show, everyone. Or I was like, God damn it. But it wasn't as bad as I was expecting. So we are on season seven, episode five. And you could watch this on YouTube. You could watch this on Tubi. I don't know if you just like feel like using amazon you could i some people love ads if you love ads i guess (laughs) that would be the way to go if you're one of those people that watches the super bowl for the ads because you love ads so damn much (laughs) (laughs) i feel like that's do people still do that watch the super bowl for the ads i don't know because you can see all of the ads on social media on the social media yeah they're across social media (laughs) uh like before the super bowl i don't know i was at a kid's birthday party during part of the super bowl this year and i caught some of the ads and i don't know maybe they just didn't seem that good for for, for one and also you can just watch them and not watch the super bowl so i don't know maybe there are still people that do that but it seems like a very 90s thing to do but i also don't know if i think that because that's the last time i watched the super bowl (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but but also just like ads used to kind of be our memes like i people would just quoted ads all the time because we saw them so damn much and now i just see like five insurance commercials over and over again on hulu i'm always interested to see what budweiser does with the horses and i did not think okay. that their ad this year was very mm-hmm. impressive mm. that's my hot take mm, okay okay I'm writing it down in Samantha's hot take folder. Yeah, put that Horse, in the Horses ad could have been better. Could have had more horses. Think yeah. about that for next year. The story, the problem I had with it, this is, I'm sure you wanted to know this, was that the storyline made no sense. <laughs> oh, no. This, well, you'll never. Like, the Clydesdale had some injury, and then it couldn't, like, play with its dog friend. And then one day the dog was, like, in the field, and all of a sudden the Clydesdale's, like, galloping towards him, and this triumphant music plays. And I'm like, how did how did it get out of its stall? How did it get out of its bar- the barn? Like, why <laughs> is it running loose in the mountains? <laughs> no, understand. It is, it, I, I realize it's a short, it's a short commercial. You can't fit a lot of world building in there and context, but it made, it made, it made no sense. It made no sense. I feel like no one else, well, probably anyone that owns a horse would think of that, but I don't think most people were like, but what's the horse doing? It's just a horse. Like, of course Someone it's running had free. To have thought, but- okay, you see the horse locked in the barn because it's hurt, and then in the next scene, it's running through a field. How did it get out? The horse is like, well, I'm healed now. I'm just going to let myself out. I'm good, guys. Like, what? Makes no sense. You know. You know when you look up something on IMDb, you can look up the goofs, like the things that are wrong. <laughs> sure. that are wrong. And it'll be like, you know, like in this shot, you can see a boom mic or whatever. I really love the things that are incorrectly regarded as goofs, which are like nerds insisting that things are that are mistakes were actually done on purpose. <laughs> Hilarious. But you need to go on there and be like, I'm sorry. How did this horse 
<laughs> How did this horse get out of the barn? And people are like, Samantha, this is not a movie. Like, <laughs> it doesn't make sense. It's a commercial for beer. It's a commercial for beer that you're not going to buy anyway. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it's like maybe I not for you. It needs to have a better storyline. <laughs> Incredible. Incredible. Um, See, when we have nothing else to talk about at the beginning of the show, this is what you get. I like it. I, I, we were, I think the whole public is demanding more Samantha hot takes, which are going to be on the subjects of wow. yeah, quilting, uh, donkey care, uh, <laughs> horse, commercial. <laughs> horse commercials, house plants. You know, when is watering too much? Drainage holes. Let's discuss. Like you're going to be like all these hot button issues that other people, frankly, are afraid to take on. Why are they selling pots for plants that don't have matching saucers yeah i mean why why <laughs> address that capitalism <laughs> i thought if there was a hole in the market you were gonna fill it apparently not apparently not <laughs> and we're back to granny cast oh yeah <laughs> Knitting versus cro- crochet. Hot debate. Oh, no. I, I really don't want to get canceled, Liz. Let's avoid that one. Yeah, you're right. Let's just start talking about the episode now. All right. Okay. So, um, season seven, episode five. With? Oh, I have like a whole and long. It's you. Long, okay. So, this is an unexplained segment. This is specifically about uh, UFO sightings in Mexico. I was watching this like damn this seems extremely familiar and then i realized that for patreon years ago samantha and i talked about um ufos caught on tape something like that a special that was hosted by jonathan frakes for fox and i was like oh that's why we we've already talked about it through that special it hadn't been on unsolved mysteries but i was just like why do i already know all of this (laughs) it's very weird so if you heard that patreon i'm sorry you're gonna probably hear some of this again but Or if you have an extra dollar burning a hole in your pocket, you can subscribe to our Patreon and go back and listen to it if you want want some other uh, info on this topic. Yeah, if you need more Jonathan Frakes content in your life, which I'm sure that you do. If you want to hear us over and over again say this is just a bug on a lens, uh, that would be the episode to listen to. I will say that this is probably the most compelling evidence caught on tape that they talked about. So of the things to talk about, again, this this would probably be it. We start off with this um, little Robert Stack monologue where he says, <laughs> which I, this is very funny. Okay, so he says, usually when you hear that a person in some remote community has a UFO sighting, we respond with a smile and a shake of the head. <laughs> which is just Unsolved Mystery saying, we're trying to target an audience that we have no respect for. <laughs> we're <laughs> we think you're a crackpot thanks for tuning in for a ufo story you huge dope <laughs> you absolute dullard unsolved mystery says well but robert stack goes on when three or four credible people report seeing a mysterious craft we might play slightly more attention i would love to hear what they can consi- what they think makes someone credible I swear it's just like that they have a doctorate in something. I don't know why that means like your eyes work better, but when they're like someone credible says they saw a UFO. What? <laughs> what does not that mean? You, not you, you drunken hillbilly. That's what that means. <laughs> so yeah, someone that Robert Stack would be willing to invite on his yacht. It's a very elite group. Mm. 
Okay. So only three, I feel like three or four credible witnesses is kind of a lot. And that's just getting Robert Stack to pay slightly more attention. <laughs> like, wow, he is a picky bitch. Okay. But when thousands of people claim to have seen the same strange object and hundreds provide videotape evidence, we just, we may begin to think that maybe, just maybe, there is Wait. more than a grain of truth to the report. Wait, there were hundreds of videotaped evidence? No, but that's what he said. <laughs> I mean, we saw like three videos. Where is the other? Where's the other like 95 videos? Yeah, we don't talk about those. Okay. Shh. Shush. That, that makes it Shush. extremely credible to me if there's hundreds of people with video cameras out there filming these things. Hush, Samantha. All right. You're asking too many. It's just like the commercial again. You're asking too many questions. <laughs> you're, you're right. Your mind is too active and alert. You need to just let it lull into a, a haze of submission. <laughs> that is what I usually do when I'm watching on something. Yeah, phase, you're like, uh, yes, Robert Stack. I'm sure there's a wiki on this. Everything you say is correct. I challenge nothing. <laughs> is, he, is he hypnotizing us now? <laughs> I assume so, yes. Okay, okay. This is like sort of on topic, but has nothing to do with UFOs. Other people alive in the 80s, do you remember these McGruff PSA commercials where they showed this little girl on a street and a car pull up and a door open and then McGruff comes out and is like, this is Jenny, but that's not Jenny's dad. If if <laughs> Jenny gets in that car, this may be the last time anyone sees her. <laughs> and then it shows you children playing on a playground and it's like every day in america 60 children vanish and then it shows you the same playground with no children on it and like the bikes and shit fall over because they're gone <laughs> they've been abducted by aliens and no it tells you that they've been kidnapped okay possibly by possibly by someone they know but more likely by strangers 60 children every day and I watched this PSA the other day, and I was like, oh, and I have anxiety now. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Explains a lot. It's I used to see that at all. It's terrifying. What? It sounds pretty terrifying. What? Why? Why? Where did they get this, that statistic? That's what I was. I was like, that is no way that is true. <laughs> I do children a day abducted by strangers. I do think that the kidnapping rates were higher at the time. Um, we don't we kind of just don't let children go anywhere now. So it's it's definitely more of a challenge than it used to be. This uh, is probably giving them more they may have just made that up, but it's possible that, like, okay, so there's before cell phones, right? Your kid, like, goes to their oh, friend's sure. house and doesn't call. Maybe you freak out and call the police. Are they counting, like, literally every missing child in that? I have that to have been, like, yeah, taken by, yeah. <laughs> I, I was definitely, like, I want to see some statistics on this. Also, I was so concerned about stranger danger, as a child which because this was such a like hot topic that once I, I forget what i think my mom had to go to the fucking hospital or something and like our neighbor came to pick us like a person i knew came to pick me up from school and i demanded that she said the code word <laughs> that my me and my mom had like worked out so i knew it was safe but uh -huh. like this i saw this woman like every she could have kidnapped me at any time folks <laughs> i saw her constantly 
Well, when she came to pick me up from school, it was not the person that was usually picked me up from school. I was like, what gives? Is today the day I get kidnapped? I'm too smart for that. I'm three. Very funny. Yeah, no, that, I, that was my experience as well. Oh, my God. Anyway, let's get back to this. So, yes, I don't think there were really uh, thousands of hundreds of videotape evidence, but we are talking about July 11th, 1991 in Mexico City. This at the time was the last total eclipse of the sun in that century. So thousands took to the streets to watch. It seems actually to be a really good time. Wish I was there. Um, That afternoon, a TV executive, Guillermo Erhigi, I'm really sure I said that wrong, and I, goddamn, I apologize. I don't know why I'm like this. Uh, Noticed an unusual object overhead while he was filming the eclipse. This was shown on the news, but not called a UFO. They just were like, this was caught on tape. We don't really know what it is, right? Mm -hmm. Journalist Jaime Mosan hosted the Mexican version of 60 Minutes. He presented this footage that was on the news from the eclipse as part of a special UFO-themed broadcast. The network was then bombarded with calls. He said that they received 40,000 calls, quote, all at the same time. Can their phone lines handle that? <laughs> I would say no. He's Actually, he said that it, like broke the system or something i mean that could be true but how do you know it was forty thousand? <laughs> i have no idea it doesn't even seem possible but whatever okay so they had said on the special like if you were at the eclipse and you have any other ufo footage like we'd love to see it so from viewers they received 15 home videos from this exact time period and seven of them jaime says that you can clearly see the same craft which is um very small round metallic it sort of looks like there's a dome and then a spinning it's like spinning on its own axis you can see it's, it does not look like a bug on a lens like <laughs> some other, it's not and it's also because this is daytime it's not just a light like a light is very easy to explain this is clearly like a solid object was this the one where there were two different videos that looked basically the same taken from different yes. people that looked basically the same yes not from different places that, that seemed credible to me Okay, so this first one is from 19-year-old Eric Aguera. He set up to record the eclipse from the top of a rooftop when his girlfriend spotted something unusual in the sky. At first, all like him and his friends were like, yeah, yeah, UFO. But then they saw it, and what looked like a white dot, they realized was actually a large object that was also giving off light. So that's the first footage, video footage that we see. 60 miles away, a man named Luis Lara photographed a similar object. The object was domed, rotating on an axis in silver and color you can also see there's like a shadow on the underside of it like it has three-dimensional depth um luis has a mustache i probably named these mustaches when we did the patreon but god damn i don't remember that so oh, long time ago yeah and i didn't look it up so luis's mustache which i wrote down as thin and sprightly honestly don't even know what that means but <laughs> His stash is called Total Eclipse of the Stash. I mean, <laughs> obviously. Total Eclipse of the Stash. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I mean, what else are you going to call it? Okay. So then we have another video that's shot by the Brenton family in Puebla, which is 80 miles east of Mexico City. Their video is shows a very similar craft, but it also you can kind of see like a pulsating trail left by the object, like, like a clear chemtrail. It's almost like it's a slug. 
Like you can see the path that it's taking behind it. Like the air is disrupted or something. This is one that this is what Samantha was referring to. They put two of these videos side by side. I think, I think it's the first one and the Brenton one. And they're like, you're like, yeah, that's the same craft. It's just like, you know, miles apart. So that's interesting. Two months later, Vincente Santos took his video camera to the military air show. Why you would go to the military air show, I can't think of anything more boring, but whatever. Um, so he was filming planes flying, which you're never going to watch that again. This is like if you're recording fireworks on your cell phone, just stop. You're never going to watch that again. Why do people do that? I don't understand. And it never looks as good on your phone. It no. looks so crappy. No, and you're just enjoy them. Just put it down. I, I I get that you want to like share moments with people. I totally respect that. But that it just it can't you can't it you have to be there. I don't know. It doesn't film well. You're no never one, gonna watch no it again. One to see no. the fireworks no. footage from other people, it's like it no. just doesn't look good. <laughs> give it a break. Just put it. Give your give your wrist a rest. Put the phone down. Uh, so Vicente was shooting some very boring footage of planes but he noticed a shiny dot in the sky and he said it didn't fly like a plane that it was undulating Vicente also has a mustache which I wrote down was bold and has two distinct separate sides this stash is called the less boring air show <laughs> because I would rather look at this mustache than an air show these are quality names. <laughs> Thank you. I, I mean, I just let the mustaches, as I've said before, they speak to me. I'm like a conduit. <laughs> I'm not really naming them. It's more like the names are in the universe and they yeah. use my tongue yeah. to speak their truth. Like it comes really forth from my vocal cords, but I'm I'm not the namer. I'm just a I'm just a vessel. <laughs> um so People had seen, I guess this footage must have been on the news. I'm not really sure about that part, but people were very eager at the next air show in 93. They're like, oh, a UFO is going to show up again. Why? I mean, that might get me to an air show if I yes, thought yes. That a UFO. <laughs> if I thought a literal UFO was going to come, I would go to an air show. So I, people were very excited. Um, and weirdly, you wouldn't think you could like schedule UFO sightings, but there was one appearing right after a squadron of helicopters. Um, and what's weird about this footage is that the object appears to be very close to the helicopters. Like you would think that who's ever in the helicopter could like see it and that they maybe would have had to like maneuver around it or whatever. I'm but almost positive we dubbed this one a bug on a lens when we did the Patreon episode. <laughs> I mean, I think there's something there, though. I don't know. Okay. Maybe. So the military declined to discuss this matter. Since the eclipse in 91, there have been thousands of sightings around Mexico City, around Mexico, many in and around Mexico City. Now we see some children's UFO drawings from 1993, which is like this whole busload of children gets off a bus and sees a UFO. And so they, I wish they had adults do this, but they had the children draw what they saw. And they are remarkably similar. All of the children drew uh, three lights with the brightest light in the center. And I could I get my hands on one of these drawings? That would be amazing. Unlikely, but it would be amazing. <laughs> that would be so cool. Okay. Um, and Jaime is telling us that these kids don't care about like promoting a UFO agenda. They're just they're literally just reporting what they saw. They don't, you know, they're children. I like that he to him that like is making them more credible. 
Like, I think a lot of people would be like, children, whatever, they lie all the time. But uh, this guy's like, but they have no reason to lie. Why would this whole busload of children say they saw a UFO if they didn't? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> kids do lie, though. So, I mean, it's not like that's not unusual, necessarily. I, I don't know what you're talking about. I told the truth every day of my life as a child, Samantha. Well, I did too. But, I'm um, you know, generally speaking. <laughs> yeah, other children. Less reputable children. You know who you are. Children that weren't uh, interrogating their neighbors about kidnapping them. Okay. Um, this is when Jaime tells us, I just really like this quote, people really like UFOs. People true, believe. <laughs> true. This is really true. People really believe in UFOs, and we are now convinced that we are living an incredible experience as a country. Um, and then Robert Stack basically just says, "Seeing is believing." Basically, Robert Stack's like, "Look, I'm I wasn't there. Who knows?" It's <laughs> fair, Robert Stack. I I'm disappointed. Robert Stack is not regularly at air shows in Mexico City, but uh, <laughs> Robert Stack seems like a guy who would like an air show, though. Yeah, he does, actually, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, I sort of think there is something to... I mean, there seems to be a lot of witnesses. The video footage isn't great, but it's also not the worst. I yeah, mean... Yeah, the idea that aliens might be, like, interested in an air show makes sense to me, too. You know what I mean? Like, they're sure, curious about... It's like how UFOs are spotted above, like nuclear power plants and things it's like they're coming to see like what what we're doing here and they're like wow this technology sucks we got nothing to worry about um <laughs> just fuck off i would lean more towards i think this is a military thing i think that's yeah. why it's showing up at air shows i think maybe they want it to be a time lots of people will see it i don't know if that's like a show of power or it's just like mm, we want to we want to see how they'll interact with the the helicopters, but I, I feel like if you know it's going to be at the next air show, that to me says it's the military. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I like that theory. So that's my theory. I, I don't think all these people are lying. I don't necessarily think it's like literal aliens coming from another galaxy, but well, it does seem. <laughs> no, you know that. <laughs> you know I'm not fun. Um. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I, look, just like Robert Stack, I wasn't there. I didn't see it. Seeing is believing, Liz. So. Seeing is believing. I I don't think these people are lying. I think they saw something. I just, I personally would guess that it is some sort of military thing. It is curious to me that, okay, so at part one part, Jaime is talking about how, like, we're in the age of video now. We're going to get so much evidence about UFOs. And at this point, so many people have, like... <laughs> a small uh, video recording device in their pocket. We're not really getting that evidence. Yeah, though, again, yeah. though, again, just like the fireworks, maybe it wouldn't come out that good. I don't know. Well, okay. So also for Patreon, we watched that, like, I don't know, internet video thing where people supposedly yeah, yeah. captured creepy footage on, on camera and then put it online. And all of that was dubious as fuck. <laughs> And like, yeah. I have yet to see compelling video evidence of a UFO or a cryptid or anything. And yeah, you're right. We all have cameras on us at all times. So I, I sort haven't of really borne out. 
I sort of feel like for some paranormal things, it's like, well, maybe like you can't capture that on camera. Like maybe there are well, ghosts because but... Bigfoot's a ghost and not yeah. from this world, yeah. and he can just turn into a butterfly and float away. <laughs> yeah, but that doesn't explain UFOs that were previously caught on like a chunky camcorder. Like, <laughs> like what happened to that? I sort of feel like at some point the military is like, well, we got to stop doing that. <laughs> People are really going to catch on that we have disc-shaped crafts. I don't know. Uh-huh. Who knows what the military is up to? That's we true. give them so much money, and they're accountable for so little of it. Yep. I have to assume they're building UFOs just for kicks. Well, yeah. <laughs> I Definitely. mean, they have billions and billions of dollars to do whatever they want. To make airplanes that can't even fly. Like, why wouldn't they make a UFO? <laughs> Okay, Samantha has a sad story for us now. This is an unexplained death, and it is the death of Sammy Wheeler. I no disrespect to Sammy, but that is such an unsolved mysteries name. Sammy Wheeler? Yeah. I don't even know what that means, but just when I heard that, I was like, yes, that's some real unsolved mysteries content right there. Unfortunately, he had that name because, yeah. Poor Sammy. Poor Sammy Wheeler. Led him to be murdered and then be featured on Unsolved Mysteries. So on June 7th, 1992, Robert Stack tells us that the George Washington National Forest in Virginia where it was visited by murder. Whoa. That's not a visitor they want. No, definitely not. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Such a dorky phrase. Was visited. Dun, dun, dun. By murder. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yes. Uh, At 10 a.m. that morning, the body of 35-year-old delivery driver Sammy Wheeler was found in a sleeping bag in the back seat of a bullet-ridden vehicle. He had been shot six times in the head and upper torso. Both the local sheriff's department and the FBI investigated his death, and they quickly determined that the killer had gone to great lengths to clean up the crime scene. All shell casing and fingerprints had been removed. The killer... uh, had attempted to burn the SUV, uh, but this Unsolved Mysteries calls this an amateur attempt to destroy evidence because it wasn't that successful, but I don't know. I feel like getting every shell casing is like pretty thought out. That's true. And it seems like they wiped down for fingerprints. They tried to burn the SUV. There was tissue paper stuffed in the gas tank, but it did not work. The The SUV was not burned. Um, there was a like cigarette there. You're going to need more accelerant than that i feel like to get it going yeah probably yeah i don't know anything about burning cars but <laughs> let me a person who's never burned a car give you some advice i feel like you need to douse the whole thing in gasoline i mean i realize eventually you'll get to the gas tank but i think you need i think you just some tissue paper is not enough you gotta not like enough. and a cigarette it, it seems like it's not enough no. so when mm. investigators discovered that sammy's wallet was missing um, it, they thought maybe it was a random act of violence, but pretty soon, <laughs> it's like so violent and also like so meticulous in a way. It's, to get a it is interesting. How okay? What year is this? Uh, nineteen ninety-two. How much cash do they think this guy was walking around with in nineteen ninety-two that it would be worth this? In his like old car, and he, he he's a delivery driver. He's just how in much cash do they think this guy like two hundred dollars prob- max, max, max? 
If yeah. he's going to a strip club later that night, maybe he's got $200 <laughs> on him. Otherwise, we're talking about, what, $40? Like, yeah, yeah, there's no way they got away with very much money. And the fact that they, like, tried to clean up the crime scene is weird as you far know, as it being a random act of violence. But You know muggings where people stick around a long time? To no! clean up the crime scene doesn't no! really happen. Doesn't really happen. And as such, the investigators realized that at least three people in his life may have wanted him dead. We are talking about his <laughs> twin brother, Danny. That's kind of a lot. <laughs> three people? Yeah. Do uh, three people in my life want me dead? I sure hope not. Oh, one person. I'm just, just kidding. <laughs> oh my gosh. Folks. <laughs> folks i always thought if i was brutally murdered i in my last moments i would take some solace in knowing that samantha would catch my killer but now i know that she'll catch the killer because she is the killer (laughs) and she'll just look in the mirror and then give herself a like pointer like a gun finger like and wink like oh yeah you're that bitch got the killer it's me never kill someone it seems like way too much work and I would definitely not get away with it. Um, yeah, so th- there's the three people in question are Danny's or his twin brother Danny, uh, Sammy's girlfriend Pat Sneed, and Pat's estranged husband Bob Bean. No relation. <laughs> so uh, what had begun as a routine investigation became what Unsolved Mysteries calls a classic drama of love, lies, and murder. Wow. What a great phrase. (laughs) In the months following Sammy's death, Danny, Pat, and Bob took turns accusing each other of the crime. Uh, And in this bizarre and convoluted (laughs) case... Okay, okay, but just for fun. Just, you know, they would just, like, like, get together on a Friday night, have a few drinks, and be like, no, you did it. (laughs) No, you did it. I will say... So all three of these people are interviewed by Unsolved Mysteries. None of them are particularly likable. However, <laughs> one in particular stands out above the rest as being like, I don't know, he's just maybe smirking a little bit too much and talking about a, a man dead who is person. dead. Uh, I, and that would be the ex-husband in question, Bob Bob Bean. He, uh, <laughs> he's at least a total asshole. I will give you some unsolicited advice to our dear listeners because I we care about you very much and that's if, if you get accused of murder maybe do not smirk the entire time that you You're talk about interviewed. said murder for national television and I cannot emphasize enough how the entire country used to watch this show so everyone in town definitely watched this episode of Unsolved Mysteries I mean particularly if someone you knew was going to be on Unsolved Mysteries you would watch it definitely. and here he is, like, smirking, talking about how the, the woman that left him wasn't even that great and definitely not worth killing over and, like, being like, well, I knew what I had and let's just say I wasn't too sad to see it go. He's like, saying things like that. What? What an asshole! This guy has no self-awareness and does not understand how he comes off or maybe he just doesn't care. But, yeah, this guy's a huge dick. I think he thought he was being like real clever and he was like, I'm going to show that I don't I don't care about this. And therefore, I didn't commit the murder. And I was like, OK, yeah. but when you fall in a well, no one in your town is going to try to get you out. <laughs> They're just going to be like, oh, darn. Oh, what happened to Bob? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, moving on. Mm. One less asshole in town. 
Yep. So in the fall of 1991, Pat moved into a rental unit owned by Danny in uh, Staunton, Virginia. Uh, so the this property had been divided into two separate apartments. Pat and her two sons lived in one apartment with Sammy, and then Danny, his brother, lived in the adjacent apartment. Um, and Unsolved Mysteries said that the arrangement suited everyone except Bob, who uh felt for apparently no reason that the situation was quote not what was in the best interest of his two chill of his two sons why this seems very standard and boring uh, he gives no reason why uh this was not in the best interest of his sons i think he's just jealous but um yeah implication of- is like that she's being really slutty or something and you're like it's one person <laughs> she's in a committed relationship like i don't know what you're talking about they're not married anymore they are divorced they're divorced Um, and she's seeing one person (laughs) like i what's wrong with your sons that they can't handle this no idea so he approached her and asked her to stop the living arrangement which she not surprisingly did not agree to and then he claims that he felt forced into going into court so that he could quote provide some kind of moral environment for his children yeah okay unquote yeah so in february 1992 a court order was issued that prohibited sammy from being with pat in the presence of her sons and in order to comply with this ridiculous with this ridiculous requirement, he moved into Danny's apartment next door. This is so creepy. Yeah, to the point where like he was at one point he was like sleeping in his car be- when her kids were over because he couldn't sleep in the apartment he lived in because her sons were visiting like for the weekend. <laughs> it's absurd. So, uh, according to Unsolved Mysteries, Bob remained suspicious and hired a private investigator to ensure that the court order was being followed. This is so creepy. It's extremely creepy. She's not doing anything except having a boyfriend. (laughs) You'll understand why I had to hire a private detective to watch my ex-wife every night and day. Like, no, Bob, I really don't understand. Bob, we don't. We really don't. So the investigator later testified that Sammy had violated the court order. It is not known if the judge believed the investigator or not. However, according to Danny, Sammy did not violate the order in any such way and, in fact, went above and beyond uh, and bent over backwards to try and appease Bob, um, including staying away from the apartment entirely and and living out of his SUV. Uh, It's... There's no indication that she was not a good mother to her children. Like, there's no even accusation of abuse. There's nothing other than she had a boyfriend. Other than she had a boyfriend that, like, Bob didn't like, although I don't think he would like anyone. No, he's just, a, he's just a controlling weirdo. Yeah, he c- claims that he never harbored any ill will towards Sammy. <laughs> this is not how a well-adjusted divorced person <laughs> behaves. This is not an example. He's like, well, obviously we just parted ways like adults. And I watched her every waking moment. Like, that's not, no, no, not how that works. Liz, he tells us in his own words while smirking that he was not in love with Pat anymore and was fine with her being with someone else. And in fact, after getting to know Sammy, he began to feel sorry for him and wanted to, quote, sit him down and prepare him for what he was getting into. Yeah, that's a really great way so, to talk about a woman. <laughs> you 
absolute so fucking would you think he would kill this man uh, i mean he doesn't have to be in love with her to be a controlling weirdo i don't know why he thinks that's really like that's God. true not mutually exclusive yeah yeah you don't have to love her anymore dude you just can't let go i don't yeah. know yeah. i so- did this, did this this is my question did this man get a date ever again ever i really hope not he's really unappealing i wonder why <laughs> him and pat are divorced <laughs> I, it's her fault obviously <laughs> oh yeah you're right <laughs> i mean ask, ask him <laughs> He did everything. He bent over backwards for that screw. <laughs> so, so uh, Sammy's twin brother Danny is pissed, and you can tell through his whole <laughs> interview. He has. Um, I mean, I would probably be pissed if my twin sibling was murdered, also. But um, I hope he got some help because he is not in a good place at the time of this filming. He is not. Uh, so he claims that Bob hated Sammy, and also believes that Bob is a pathological liar. Uh, according to Pat, Sammy told her that he felt that Bob was, quote, capable of pretty much anything, and he did not trust Bob. Uh, he also has a mustache. That's true. He's a redhead. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's actually irrelevant, but this mustache is literally just called the very angry twin. <laughs> Why do I not like that? The very angry twin. That kind of freaks me out. Wow. It's just well, accurate. Again, it came from the universe, Samantha. I can't do anything about it. It's just okay. called the very angry twin. Were you confused by the fact that in the reenactment, the guy they got to play <laughs> Bob in the reenactment looked exactly yeah. like Danny? Yes, I was very confused. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I think it was a, honestly a mistake. <laughs> I think they put the, the they cast, like the casting person cast Danny and then they like switched it. It's like, I don't know. I think there was a mistake made, honestly. Because, <laughs> really because when, you're, when you're watching it, you're like, but but what? Wait, who is this guy? And because they're twins, he also kind of looks like the murdered man, Sammy. <laughs> so yeah, it's extremely so... confusing. Honestly, I think you'll have a better sense of this mystery if you don't watch it that part. <laughs> Which is, <laughs> it is the opposite of helpful. Yeah, yes. So on June 3rd, four days before he was murdered, Sammy left Danny's apartment at 5.30 a.m. and chanced upon an unexpected visitor. Bob's teenage son from a previous marriage who was standing outside of the apartment taking pictures of Sammy and not trying to hide it whatsoever. This is so creepy! This poor woman! It's it's extremely creepy. So Sammy confronted him and told him to tell Bob that he was staying in Danny's apartment and was not with Pat when the children were around. Bob's son claimed that he was, quote, only taking pictures. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess the front of the house like what (laughs) nothing creepy about that yeah nothing unusual at all you don't just stand outside someone's house taking pictures uh Danny thought it was very strange that he was uh (laughs) that's so mild well that's weird especially not not only that he was taking pictures but he was there so early in the morning 5 30 in the morning he's out there taking pictures that's when I take pictures of your house why (laughs) well I'm gone for work at that point (laughs) Yeah, well, I I know. Oh, <laughs> oh, okay. I, oh, I know. 
I'm hi- uh, I'm hiding with Alfie. Got a yeah. t- got a telephoto lens on your card, so you pull out. Yeah, you routinely tell me that that hour of the day is not a real time, so okay. I'm pretty <laughs> confident that you are not awake taking pictures of no. my house. I am not awake at four thirty in the morning. I am absolutely not. That is not <laughs> a real time, folks. Do you want to leave your house at four thirty in the morning? No, no. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't necessarily want to either, but Samantha's so- like. That donkey food isn't going to buy itself, Liz. True. So that Saturday, June 6th, at around 9.15 p.m., Sammy left for Elkhorn Lake, which was approximately 40 miles from his house. He planned to spend the night in his SUV and begin fishing early the next day. What a nightmare. No, thank you. (laughs) You don't want (laughs) to sleep in your SUV so that you can be up early to fish the next morning? Bitch, I cannot tell you how much trouble I have sleeping in my own bed. No. What? I'm an, I'm an adult. I'm looking down the barrel at 40. I'm not sleeping <laughs> in a car. Oh, no. Oh, well, I guess you're just not dedicated to fishing. Or, yeah, and then what's the reward? It's not even <laughs> something fish. good. It's not even something good. Everyone knows the fish, no, the fish bite better in the early hours of the morning, Liz. Well, they have your schedule. That's where they're at. That's where they're out and about. That's where they're up and out and about. When I'm dead asleep. Yes. Yes. 12 hours later, he was dead. Danny believes that Bob had a motive to kill Sammy, and so does everybody else. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. I guess they weren't as okay. So their divorce was about to be final. I misspoke. Uh, Pat's divorce to Bob was going to be final on Tuesday, and she and Sammy were going to be married on Thursday. They were going to waste no time. Uh, and That's then actually Sam- really cute too. I don't. It know. is actually. She I was mean, like, she was so ready to start her new life and leave Bob behind. Yeah, and, and she just, was going to waste no time. She was like, "Yeah, I, I, I'm done with that phase. The Bob phase is over." Yeah. He just couldn't handle it. No. Well, unfortunately, Sammy was... Allegedly. Well, okay, so there is an update later. Um, Pat's... Yeah, Pat's divorce to Bob was going to be final on Tuesday. Her and Sammy were going to get married on Thursday. Unfortunately, Sunday, before any of that could happen, Sammy turns up dead. Um, Danny does not believe it was a coincidence, and he tells us as much. He also says... What's up? When does he start talking about Michael Jordan? Okay. Well, so at one point he was trying to say how, like, uh, yeah, of course I believe everything Bob says, and I'm Michael Jordan. Yeah, he used to pay for. He says that he used to play for the Chicago Bulls. In yeah. case you don't know who Michael Jordan is, he goes, and I'm Michael Jordan. I used to play for the Chicago. It's like okay, it was not a very good joke. <laughs> but he's so intense about it. Also, just like making a sarcastic quip like that, but also like. I don't being ready to stab someone. He is on a knife's edge. <laughs> this, he's about to he's about to snap. It's it's off it's off putting. I hope they didn't film him and Bob on the same day in the same building. <laughs> That's no. all I've got to say. If they even I hope they had the, I hope they had the foresight to like schedule those accordingly. Even if they got like a sniff of each other or just like saw the the other one's car, I think they would have like completely fucking lost it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Bob claims that he was not upset that Pat was leaving, and therefore, according to him, there's no motive for him to kill Sammy. There's also no motive for you to hire a private detective, and yet you did. So, 
Hmm. On the face of it, Bob was the perfect suspect. However, he uh, had what appeared to be an airtight alibi. When Sammy was murdered, he uh, was on maneuvers with his Army National Guard unit. And according to him, he was on duty until 11 p.m. that night. Um, the not, death certificate. Not not at all. Not at all creepy that he's in the Army. Love it. Uh, Love that well, he's in the <laughs> Army. Makes me feel very safe. It's true. That's true. Uh, the death certificate indicated that the time of death was 1 a.m. I guess the police force wasn't hiring, huh? Police are the army reserves. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's always a se- there's always a second career. Yeah, exactly. Oh God. <laughs> there's you know Bob. You know there's hope for Bob. There's hope for Bob <laughs> on the police force. Yeah. Uh, the camp that Bob was at was 150 miles away, and according to him, there was no way that he could have physically gotten there um, from the camp in order to murder uh, Sammy at the time that Sammy was murdered. Wow, that's um, odd that you thought about that. Okay. <laughs> well, it seems like a lot of people were, were sniffing him out, and uh, <laughs> he had to probably do that math. Um, one of the investigators in the case was actually in the same unit as Bob, and I remember seeing him there. Uh, police felt that his alibi, quote, checked out. Danny, however, believes that Bob was still involved in the murder and claims that he easily could have hired someone to kill Sammy. He had private now, investigator money, so I don't see why true. not. That's true. I mean, yeah, he had money to hire a private investigator. However, he does say, like, well, you have to, you have to pay, you have to pay a hitman, and they've looked at my finances, and nothing is amiss. Whatever. I don't know. Um, so you, I, you paid him some other way, Bob. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know that. Apparently, according to Unsolved Mysteries, the invest the FBI investigated his finances and didn't see anything that confirmed that he had hired a hitman for what that's worth. Um, in the end, Bob was cleared as a suspect, but the question remained: obviously, who murdered Sammy? Then, according to Bob, Pat did not have an alibi for the time of the murder. Um, and he first began to suspect uh, that she had murdered him a week after when their sons, okay, this is the confusing reenactment, aged three and four, began talking about the crime scene in surprising detail. He says that they were swinging on a swing, and all of a sudden they started saying weird things like, oh, that, that time that Sammy got shot and we went up into the mountains. Um, he actually sat his, after this interaction with his kids, he sat them down and, and videotaped like interrogating his own children about uh his mother's their mother's involvement in the murder of her boyfriend which it's, is totally normal behavior it's disturbing again this is the thing that he's like look i'll clear my name by interrogating my own children about a traumatic event that will change the rest of their lives in, he claims that on this tape they stated that quote mommy was there when sammy died yeah, they're also children. They also think he turned into an angel and flew to heaven. Like, is who who among us has not traumatized their children to clear themselves of a murder? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, me. That's why I don't have kids. <laughs> I'll never traumatize them trying to get a, a, a to, to accuse someone else of murder. They don't exist. They're they're a mother, no less. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very normal yeah. behavior. Very normal behavior. Uh, Danny believes that Bob coached his sons into making the statements, which seems like maybe that could have happened. Um, he believes that Bob is, quote, a very sick man for doing this to his kids. I mean, I have to agree. The guy is not good. <laughs> There's something up. Surprisingly, but thankfully, in the end, the police dismissed this recorded testimony as unreliable. Oh, you don't say. 
Investigators also believe that Pat did have an airtight alibi. According to her, in the night of the murder, she was uh, uh, she was with her sons, um, and that she had absolutely no motive to kill Sammy. Yeah, she um, really didn't. Why would she? She could have just not married him. He wasn't the one stalking her. She could have just yeah. broken up with him. At no point does Bob put forth any reason why he thinks that Pat killed her boyfriend, who she seemed to love. He just, I think, wants to point at someone who's not him, and he doesn't like his ex-wife. So Yeah, he's just trying to make her life miserable in every way. He's he just, puts forward no evidence he that just, she was doing anything wrong at any point. He just wants her to suffer. Yes. And so Pat was eliminated as a suspect. Um, Perhaps not surprisingly, Bob soon raised yet another possibility that Danny may have killed Sammy over Pat. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then at at this point, Pat says that she started to suspect that Danny may have had a motive to kill his brother um, because to get to get Sammy out of the way so that he could, like, be with her. I Danny, she claims that Danny at one point told her that he was in love with her. No, he she claims that he once told her friend that she oh, was is that in what love it was? with her, and that the friend told her. That. And he's okay. like, "I never said that." What? <laughs> he's like so confused. I, I maybe she doesn't want to. I don't know. I think that I don't think it's the brother. Why would the brother do it? It's not. He's also so mad that he's dead. <laughs> like, so mad. There's, yeah. why would he do that to himself? I don't know. And, and he also has no motive either. It's just really silly. I don't know. Uh, yeah, his this- motive is that he can't resist Pat, the sexiest woman in the world. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. no offense, no offense to Pat. She's fine i mean she's she's not like angelina jolie or are people committing murder just to just to hold her in their arms i don't know killing their own twin brothers yeah that's so film noir i'm not sure that like really happens no it's absurd and then they go into this whole thing about the morning that sammy's body was discovered um when uh the sergeant came to break the news to danny and pat that danny became so angry that they they all thought it was an act that he was too angry which is so silly because it's just one of those things where it's like okay well if he had like not shown any emotion then that would have been evidence to them that would have been yeah. like well well why isn't he upset that his brother died but then he showed all of this emotion he had this outburst he started shouting that they needed to go look at bob and see where bob's at and they were like, well, he seems a little too upset. I don't like what is what would be good enough to convince someone that you're like the right amount of upset and not that you didn't commit the crime. It's so silly. Also, when he's being interviewed, he's still extremely angry. So <laughs> I he hasn't been any less angry. <laughs> I absolutely believe that when the police broke this horrible, shocking news to him, that he was quite upset. I don't think yeah. that that was an act. And the fact that he wanted to go, like, get his gun and get Bob, I believe it. I believe it. That rings true. Uh, yes. Yes, it, it absolutely does. And I as for Danny. Why would that be too much, first of all? It's like, oh, your beloved sibling has been murdered. Like Your twin brother. Oh, I know who did it. I'm going to go fucking get them. Is that actually too much? I think that's, like, pretty appropriate. That's believable, if anything. Yeah, it's not like he killed him. He was just, like, very angry. Yeah, you would be, wouldn't you? Yes, you would. 
So, I mean, as for Danny, the police confirmed that he also had an alibi. On the night of Sammy's murder, he was seen bar hopping until the early morning hours. According to the FBI, let, Pat, let this be a lesson to everyone. If you do not want to be accused of murder, when you make sure you stay out late <laughs> and make sure you tip, you want your bartenders to remember you. Oh, absolutely. So tip well. If you see any security cameras, you know, maybe wave. Make sure you get your face like up. Get a nice clean shot. <laughs> so that just you can have. Always, just in case. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah, because w- what is solid? Oh, we know he wasn't doing it. He's a drunkard. Like, that's he just like. <laughs> love it. Love it. Great alibi. Because it also makes him look very cool. Not only is he not a murderer, he's a cool dude. Yeah, absolutely. So. <laughs> Ultimately, all three of these people had alibis that the FBI was able to corroborate. Um, They've also apparently taken polygraphs and all passed. Um, So who killed Sammy? Uh, At the point of the Unsolved Mysteries broadcast, uh, the FBI had no new leads um, and they were trying they were trying to figure it out. So there is an update. I pulled up Unsolved Mysteries wiki and bless whoever this person is that wrote this Unsolved Mysteries wiki because I swear they have so much information in here. So this result and they're doing they the Lord's work right there. They, they are because this update on this is the longest update I've ever <laughs> seen on Unsolved Mysteries wiki. So buckle up. I'm not even sure what's in here because the in the show the show only showed like one thing. So this is solved and surprisingly it wasn't bob i i honest, okay read me the thing because when they showed just the one sentence update i was like i don't believe it <laughs> <laughs> i mean okay i definitely had a moment where i was like okay it wasn't bob but is this the guy bob hired because exactly that's that, exactly it seems like it was okay so i'm gonna read this okay so with the investigation stalled on March in March 1998. Danny contacted a private investigator. Um, this is a, someone named Alan Cates, and he pleaded for him to look into Sammy's case. Soon after, Cates began interviewing witnesses, um, and when he interviewed Bob, Bob suggested for him to look into Kurt Thomas Bell. Um, on July 8th, Bell confessed to Cates that he was present when Sammy was killed. Wait, how does Bob know this? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. This is not making Bob less suspicious to me. So Bell said that on the night of the murder, he was with an old high school friend. This was 22-year-old Guy Jackson Price of Troutville, Virginia. At the time, Price was on leave from the Army. Bell says that he and Price were out driving in Bell's car drinking beer when they decided to go to Elkhorn Lake to go spotlight hunting. When they pulled into the parking lot where Sammy was parked, Price got out and shot into Sammy's SUV with his father's rifle. Why? I don't know. According to Bell, after Price killed Sammy, he picked up the shell casings and returned to the car. While driving later that night, they noticed a truck tailgating them. When they let the truck pass, Price shot at it, barely missing the driver's husband. Um, He also shot and killed a cow in a nearby field. He was out shooting things, apparently. At some point, what? At some point later, Price forced Bell to drive him back to the crime scene in Price's car. Price shot Sammy again, this time with a 22 caliber pis- pistol to make sure that he was dead. Price and Bell then tried unsuccessfully to set the car on fire to cover up the crime. Bell said that he had not come forward sooner because he was afraid of Price and was afraid that he would be charged for his involvement in the murder. 
Armed with Bell's confession, Cates contacted Augusta County Sheriff's, the Augusta County Sheriff's Department. And on July 24th, 1988, Price was arrested and charged with first-degree murder in Sammy's case. He was also charged with firing into an occupied vehicle and use of a firearm in a felony. As the FBI originally suspected, the murder was indeed a random act of violence. Wow. Other witnesses also came forward and reported seeing Price car, Price's car near Sammy's SUV on the morning of the murder. Investigators located the guns believed to have been used in the murder at Price's parents' house. A shell casing found in the field where the cow was killed also matched one of the guns. Oh my god. On May 20th, 1989... This was just just the luckiest day of Bob's life, is what we're learning. I guess. I'm just really confused about how Bob knew about it. Unless it's one of those situations where it's a small town and kind of like everybody knew. Yeah, but why is Bob... It is is weird that the lead came from Bob. Like, if that's the case, then it could have come from anyone. It could have come from the mailman, but it happened to be Bob that knew. Okay, there was a little, there's a little bit more here. So on May 20th, 1999, Price went on trial for Sammy's murder. A friend of Bell's testified that while watching the broadcast, Bell had drunkenly confessed that he was there, quote, when an army buddy shot Sammy. Another witness testified that he saw a car matching prices near Sammy's SUV on the night of the murder. This corroborated Bell's statement that they had returned to the scene in Price's car. Price's defense claimed that Bell was not a reliable witness as he had changed his story several times. Price testified that he was at the scene, but Bell was the one who was the shooter. However, he claimed that they did not return to the scene in Price's car, which did not match the witness's account. Hmm. On May 22nd, Price was convicted of murder and was sentenced to life in prison. He became eligible for parole in 2012, but his request was denied. He was also denied parole in 2017 and 2019. However, on March 20th, March 2020, Price, then 51, was granted parole during the COVID-19 pandemic. So this, whoever is writing this literally has kept this up to date. So he was released in 2020 uh, due to the pandemic. His current whereabouts are not known. Uh <laughs> So Bob better watch out. Uh, In July 1989, Bell was arrested and charged with trying to set fire to Sammy's vehicle. It's not known if he was convicted on those charges. Um, That's fucking wild. I really want to know how Bob knew about this. Because that thing... Bob is not looking less sus if he is the one that pointed the investigators to these two dudes. Also... I guess this guy was just driving around shooting things, but kind of why? Like, why into that car? Why right there? You know what I mean? He was just shooting. I mean, so he shot into that random car that was driving by. He shot a random cow. He was out looking to shoot deer. People. Uh, any, I, like, guess, what? I guess he was just drunk and wanting to shoot anything that moved. Including people sleeping in a car. I don't know. I sort of wow. feel like maybe Bob sent him that way. Bob is involved somehow. I really want to know how Bob knows. It seems like he didn't do it, but how does he know? That I mean, that's sus. It is. It is. That's a weird one. That went to a lot of places. Yeah. Thank you to whoever wrote this Unsolved Mysteries wiki. I read that full full transparency. I read that word for word. That was that's the longest update I have ever seen. Yeah, I like that they're keeping like to the minute updates. Like yeah. this, this guy was just seen at a high V alert. <laughs> Keep your yeah. He's getting gas now. Keep yeah. I'm trying to see if the per- the person who is like credited here somehow. I don't think but they it are. It just says it's community content. Well, so thank you to the unsolved mysteries community. 
not all heroes wear capes. Unless that person does. I mean, they might. I guess I don't know. I don't know who they are. <laughs> all right. We got one last one. Oh, God damn. Is it sad? Oh, God damn. This one sucks. I was not looking forward to deal to talking about this because it deals with autism and I was expecting some very dated language. And honestly, it's it's not as offensive as I was expecting, but God but damn. It is so sad. <laughs> so sad. It's I, so sad. I was, I was bracing myself to be like, oh, God, I don't want to talk about this. It's going to be like very offensive and blah, blah, blah. I don't want to try to correct the, the mistakes of the past. I'm not responsible for this. But then as I'm watching it, I'm like, that is not the problem. The problem is that I'm going to cry because this is terrible. <laughs> okay, so this is the case of Gordon Page Jr., he had autism, and unfortunately, it was not correctly diagnosed until pretty late in his life. Um, there is some dated language in the segment. I, I you know, I'm going to say I think they were trying their best. I think this sort of shows like how far we've come on this topic, and I think this was meant to be a very sensitive segment. Clearly, Gordon's parents loved him, and it's not a segment about autism. No, it's about him. He's missing, and he has autism. So they tell his story, which helps. I think it be less. Uh, yeah, I Robert Stack is like it's a tragic tale, not because of the autism, but because of what happened. And you're like, right, okay, but um, so we're learning about Gordon. He loved baseball and memorizing st- stats. He worked hard in school, but it became increasingly difficult for him as the years went on. Um, he also had more and more difficulty relating to his peers, and his parents didn't really understand why. Um, after school, he worked at a grocery store, but he had trouble interacting with customers and was eventually fired. His parents met with social workers to have his son's case evaluated. They recommended that Gordon move to a group home. His parents, um, who were used to caring for him and clearly cared about him a lot, were reluctant, but because Gordon was used to them and living at home, and they're like, well, like to be frank, you're not going to be here forever. So Gordon needs to have some skills to live on his own or be able to live you know, in a group home setting. Um, they really pressure. I mean, if the if the reenactment is to be believed, they, the social worker really pressured them into sending him to this group home, despite the fact that they weren't going to like die next week. I've got to say, there is there other way care for that inevitability than just ripping him away from his parents like so early i was gonna say they were not old they were not elderly people at this time they were not like on death's door they were not ill um, it seems like you could spend the rest of your life making those preparations just be aware of it but the arrangement seemed to be suiting him and his parents just fine yeah, it seems like there could have been, and I'm sure this would be handled differently now, but it seems like you could have, like, transitioned into group home living or just, like, I don't know, maybe he could have been in a group setting, like, not as his permanent residence, like, counseling or, you know, like, some other way of interacting with people that didn't require him to, like, no longer be with his family, which they were a very tight-knit family, too. Um so that his parents were reluctant to try it, but basically they were like, you are going to die and then Gordon's going to be all on his own. So you have to do it. <laughs> God. So they took him to the group home and they, the group home's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. For him to be here, he has to be evaluated for medication. We can't just like have him in here unmedicated. And his parents were kind of like, uh, okay. So they take him to the hospital where he is improperly medicated and that makes things a lot worse. So he is put on a combination of rid- Ritalin and Valium. Look, I'm not a doctor, but that sounds terrible. 
You find, oh, even Unsolved Mysteries says this made no sense. It it's was like, a combination of stimulants and depressants. Which was essentially making him catatonic, but it also made his behavior a lot more erratic, which is not something that he had a history with. He had a history of, um, you know... Pretty, not being able to relate to people yeah, very like, well. It's pretty, not like... Pretty minor things, like... Yeah, like getting distracted or, yeah, not being great at social cues. But um, when he starts this medication, he's essentially what they call virtually catatonic. Um, And when his parents called the hospital to express concern, they were like, well, it's going to take time for the medication to work. Which can't well, be- he was better before he was on the medication. So can we look into this? But it's also like we didn't think he needed medication. You know, he's he's not depressed. He's not violent. He's not like what are we medicating for? But they've they've essentially just like made him yeah easy to deal with at the group home, so they don't have to do anything. I don't even know. It's very frustrating. But anyway, um. After five months of struggling with this and being told it would take time to work, which, whoa, medication does not take that long to work, they got a second opinion. And at that point is when they were told that that, that combination of meds was making him virtually catatonic. Um, in September of 89, his family moved to Florida while Gordon stayed at the group home in Michigan. Um, he seems to still be on that combination of meds. I, I don't know if this is within those five months. The timeline's a little weird to me. But you know, he's staying at the great group home. He's not himself. He's over-medicated. And during that time, a workman left a truck running in the group home driveway. Gordon gets in and takes it to a, takes it for a drive. I don't know if he knew how to drive, but he wasn't in a good place to drive anyway. And he eventually causes an accident. When he's asked about this, he said he wanted to go visit his brother, who was attending college in Texas. Which is just sad. Um, so sad. He also, so the police like come and, and deal with that accident and they're also told by someone that he had gone to an elementary school. He just like showed up at a school and asked if he could teach a class. Um, which it, this is just like behavior that's not like him. Um, we now get a cop with a mustache that's just like gray and patchy and I called it world's most depressing mustache. I hate it. <laughs> Well, it's just because this segment is the world's most depressing segment. Yeah, true. So after this car accident, this must be, I think the timeline of when Robert Sack brings up some of these facts is is a little bit off. I think that, so the car accident is clearly happening while he's still on this medication. So I'm assuming that, okay, so he's on the medication for, I think he's on the medication for five months, has this accident, and then because of the accident, he's placed in a county hospital to be reevaluated. What the hospital was told when he was brought in is that he was schizophrenic, which he actually doesn't have any symptoms of. And it did not line up with how he was responding to the medication. So I guess maybe this combination of medicine was meant for someone with schizophrenia. That still seems not correct, but what do I know? Um, After months of therapy, it was finally determined that Gordon was actually autistic. So he's taken off the medication, and what do you know? He returns to his old, friendly self. His parents, um, at this point, realized that the group home that he was in, though being very well regarded, was like not suitable for him, clearly. Um, So they find a home that specializes in autism instead. 
The drawback to this was that no one was allowed to visit him for the first two months he was there while he adapted to his new living conditions, which his parents, again, were like, I don't know about this. You know, like we're a tight family. Even though they had moved to Florida, it seems like they were visiting him a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, But obviously, he can't go back to the group home he was in, which is not suitable. And his parents have been like convinced that he needs to be in a group home, which I'm not even sure is true, but whatever. So, um, his, we get a reenactment of his, I think it is his actual father too, having this like tearful goodbye with him. And he's like trying to get into the car and the dad has to just drive. And it's awful. This whole segment is just like one kick to the gut. After another. <laughs> it's so, it's so depressing. So his parents go back to Florida. They never see Gordon again because four days later, Gordon is not in his bed at bed check. A firefighter later reported that he saw someone hitchhiking outside of town fitting that description, but a police area of the search didn't turn up any leads. That is the end, folks. Mm. I'm so sorry. There's been no update on Gordon. He's presumed dead. He would be in his 50s now. Let's take a look at the Unsolved Mysteries wiki. Yeah, it sucks because there's just this very real possibility that he tried to hitchhike out of there to like go see his family and then maybe got lost because he didn't know where, you know, ended up where he did something he wasn't familiar with, didn't know how to get around. And then who knows what could have happened to him after that. I kind of wonder if I know they had this two month um, limit on visits from his family. And I wonder how much he was allowed to like call them and talk to them. Because probably, if they couldn't visit, I'm guessing he probably couldn't call them either. They probably wanted him immersed in I don't know, whatever. Think, I don't think they, that was a good choice for him. And I, obviously, he's kind of going to be suspicious of the group home setting after the last one, right? Like, Oh, I would expect that. Absolutely. So I'm not really that surprised that he was like, I'm out of here. Like, where's my family? I'm out of here. Get me out of here. Yeah. So the um, results are that this is unresolved. Uh, Gordon's family is still searching for him and continues to follow up on any leads to his where it just breaks your fucking heart if he is still alive he would be 56 years old investigators believe that he is deceased however his family hopes that he is still alive possibly living in a care facility sadly his father Gordon senior died on January 25th 2018 at the age of 81 it's just blows this didn't have to happen at all no he was the arrangement that he had at home with his family seemed pretty good. They just wanted maybe some additional resources. They wanted to better understand their son. And instead, it led to him having this horrible period where he was over-medicated. And then, ultimately, he wound up who knows where. I know. it's re- His family wanted to be with him. He wanted to be with his family. Like, this didn't need to go down this way in any way, shape, or form. No, I mean, I, I don't even think that he was like a problem or a burden for his family. I think they were just trying to do what was best for him and seeking the help of social workers and whatever. Like, right. this wasn't the solution. And so it's just it, it just tore them apart. It's so fucking sad. Yep. Like they they knew their son needed help that he wasn't getting and no one was able to tell them what that was and that's just really mm-hmm. frustrating that it doesn't seem like he was really taken that seriously no. and I, and i think his his parents really did do everything they could to help him but like what do they you know they're not the professionals what do they know right they just knew they love their son 
It sucks. <sighs> yeah, and well, and all the professionals were telling them that this is what was best for their son. Right. And I think that's why they did it. And, yeah. And then and then what? And then what do you get? Ah, so sucks. bad. Sucks. <sighs> yeah. All right. Should we rate this episode? <laughs> God, I guess. Do we have to? Uh, we, I mean, we kind of do. All right. Salah, let's go. All right. So we have our categories. The first is mysteriousness. Um, I mean, what happened to Gordy? How did, what did Bob know? And what were those UFOs? Okay. Mysteriousness. Thumbs this up. This is ex- actually an extremely mysterious episode. Thumbs up for sure. Reenactments. I'm going to say a strong thumbs down because the Sammy no. Wheeler reenactments <laughs> confused the hell out of me. Actually, very unhelpful. So <laughs> thumbs down. Down. Way down. Fash- fashion. Okay, there were a lot of mustaches. That's true. I guess we'll give we it usually a- include in the fashion category, but oh. I'm not sure that anything else stood out no. to me. No, we don't even get Western wear. Nothing. So sideways, no. and it's entirely for the mustaches. Yeah, Robert Stack. I mean, he thinks you're a joke. Robert Stack showed up to be like, <laughs> if you watch this show, like, just give up now. Some people are credible, according to Robert Stack. Like five, six people that he knows personally. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what his deal was on this one, but I sort of feel like thumbs down. And even yeah. though it even though it amuses me greatly that he like has complete disdain for me, uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's almost just a radioactive symbol. It's not a thumbs Robert up. Robert Stack so. would have complete disdain for this podcast. Oh, he w- absolutely would. That we're just leeches off of him, off of his greatness. <laughs> he would have so, so much dis. He would like the f- if he could even be bothered to acknowledge it in any way. It'd be like ugh, hilarious. Okay, so how would you rate this episode on our Robert Stack scale? I mean, I never want to watch it again. Um, no, definitely not. Especially for the last, the last segment. I don't want to watch that again. I want to be <laughs> depressed. Um, two. It was fine. I don't know. Honestly, like we'd already talked about the the UFOs basically in the first segment in that Patreon episode. The Sammy Wheeler case was interesting, um, but I don't know. Yours was so sad. I don't even want to remember this episode so yeah two is probably appropriate i mean i i will say that the mexican ufo sightings are interesting and probably if that was new information to me i would have been more interested i'm not just saying this to get you to subscribe to our patreon but i honestly think that the (laughs) thing that we watched before for patreon was more interesting than this segment that's true too yeah that is true um and your case is wild but also everybody in it is so off-putting Everyone is unlikable in my segment. <laughs> it's like not just Bob. Like like Danny is aggressive, which I kind of understand. But then he like for some reason does random shit, like throw in incest for no reason. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I even I'm sorry to Pat, but hurt weird vibes. Pat gave me some weird vibes. Say it, I don't know. Maybe, maybe the murderer was consumed by lust for me. I, it's just it's it's a weird i feel like that's a weird hypothesis to put forward like it's weird the only thing i'll say is if you need like like a, I, I think you could get some really good viral tiktok sounds out of bob's <laughs> interview where he's like saying how could i have done that there's no way there's i didn't hate my ex-wife like 
all of his denials where you can hear the smirk in his voice, I feel like would make an excellent, like for your Instagram reels. Yeah. Okay. Get that on the social medias, kids. <laughs> yes. Rip those sounds or whatever the hell it is you do. Friend of, uh, the, friend of the pod, Kara, makes a lot of TikToks and she was trying and I was like, girl, I'm never going to do that. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> what? No. No. I hate that. I watch Instagram reels, which I feel like is basically just TikTok, right? He, I I wish they didn't have, though. I wish they didn't put video on that thing. I just I, okay. I kind of like it, but really just for the the cute parrot videos. If if maybe I could like switch over, it's it's just like a jumbled mess now. Yes, that is true. It is a little bit jumbled. It's just kind of cacophonous. I don't know. I ha- I okay. Here's my old lady beef with TikTok and why even though like Arden and Car are like Liz, you I no, I can't with that curse devil app it's because it just starts playing some random shit the second you click on it i hate that what the fuck is that that? because my because i don't have a curated algorithm on tiktok it's always the weirdest fucking shit when i open that app (laughs) if if someone sends me a tiktok link and i have to go to tiktok to watch it then whatever i end up on next is the (laughs) most bizarre shit i have ever seen in my life it's not like on Instagram where it's puppy videos or, you know, whatever, a cute don- baby donkey. No, it's like, it's someone like shitting into a bucket. I swear to God, it's like the weirdest things I've ever seen. <laughs> and they all have like a million likes or whatever. And I'm like, okay, where am I on the internet? This is not where I want to be. <laughs> okay. When I first signed up for TikTok, I think I was following like two people and it was Trixie Mattel and this like sexy Brazilian guy that danced. <laughs> but he's on instagram yeah I, yeah so you well, don't need tiktok I, for exactly him. exactly but based on that they like decided my whole personality which was obviously that i'm a gay man and <laughs> so that when i open up the app all the tiktoks i see are very specific things about like anal douching <laughs> <laughs> like very specific not like graphically but like jokes like oh you know when your grinder date's coming over you put down the towel and like this and that and i'm like actually i kind of don't i don't think this is for me and i don't really want to put the work into curating my tiktok algorithm either i mean my instagram algorithm is already obviously pretty good pretty pretty targeted to me so no, I really actually I don't know what it's like when you haven't eaten for two days before your date and <laughs> it's just they're like such specific things. <laughs> where I'm like, uh, mm, where's Trixie Mattel? That guy twerking on a beach. Where's that guy twerking on a beach? That's what I'm here for. But yeah, he isn't. I don't know. I don't eat it. So funny. <laughs> I mean, I'm fl- I'm flattered, TikTok, but you're actually incorrect. You have read me wrong. I'm just a boring old white lady. Okay, that brings us to recommendation. Are you going to recommend that guy's Instagram handle? Uh, no, because I don't remember. I haven't looked at that in a long time. I don't remember what that is. Honestly, I haven't either, and I was kind of trying to remember it, and I don't remember what it is. But I feel like inquiry minds might want to know. Okay, I will look into that. I'll have to update. It is quite good. <laughs> <laughs> He's quite.
right, the dancer. Um, no, that's not what I was going to recommend. I was going to recommend something very different. <laughs> now I'm just laughing because I feel like I shouldn't have admitted that. But it's not me. It's TikTok. <laughs> anyway, I was going to recommend. I'm very late to the party on this. I was going to recommend the horror movie It Follows, which I saw recently. It is from 2014, so I know. I'm on the cutting edge. But um, I have seen a lot of chatter about this movie over the years and people saying it was really good. And I didn't really I didn't really take that that seriously because I thought it, that meant like it was good for a horror movie, if you know what I mean. Sure. Sure. I didn't know that that meant that it was actually good, which is different. <laughs> Horror is such a... I've been watching more horror lately, and it's such a weird genre where, like... Yeah. Like, I'm not interested in slasher stuff at all. Like, that's totally not appealing to me. And I'm not interested in anything that's, like, torture, even adjacent. Like, none of that. But it's so weird that, like, Friday the 13th and, like, Rosemary's Baby (laughs) is the same (laughs) genre. Like, could those movies really have less in common? Um, But for some reason... A couple weeks ago, I was like, you know what? I am going to watch It Follows. Turns out, I loved that shit. It's so actually good. (laughs) It's so, like, creepy and moody. And it's beautiful. Here's here's what elevates it. It's beautifully shot. I feel like this movie is, like, The Virgin Suicides, if The Virgin Suicides was a horror movie. It has a very much that type of Sofia Coppola, like, soft aesthetic long shots beautiful lighting that kind of thing i was actually very surprised that this reflects on me i guess that this movie was written and directed by a man because i just felt like it had a more i don't know what that means but yeah i would relate it to like a sofia coppola movie so i was like oh but this was directed and written by david robert mitchell don't know anything about him but um this movie i thought was surprising and just well done and i really enjoyed it i will say there's a strong trigger warning for sexual assault okay that this could bring definitely bring up some stuff maybe maybe pass on that if that's not sounding great to you um but i think it's just interesting and cool and i this is one of those things that for years netflix has been like don't you want to watch it follows don't you want to watch it follows (laughs) i'm like no stop it but then i finally did and it was actually very good I really nice. liked it. I think I need to watch it again. It's it's just like moody and it's definitely more of a metaphor than okay. than you know a guy has a chainsaw and he's sure bent on revenge. You know whatever that's shit. What are you gonna recommend, Samantha? <laughs> I feel like I I okay. Here's the issue. I don't really have anything to recommend. Uh, I feel like half the things I recommend are just like, here's something I like right now. Like, for example, the first thing I thought literally of, what recommendations are, Samantha. Yeah, well, maybe that's true. I always feel like it needs to be like something new that you haven't heard of. And really, I'm like, I just I'm, recommended like, no, I mean, that's, that's fair. Whatever. That's fair. Right now, I'm enjoying the new season of Air Disasters. Oh, yeah. There, yeah, it's out now. You can watch it week by week if you purchase the season on Amazon. I don't know how else to do it. So I give Jeff Bezos my $12. Um, so I'm liking that. I also discovered a new candy recently that oh. has been a little a little hard to find, but I, I, I've been finding it at Walmart, and that is the Haribo uh, Berries. 
Oh, yeah. Mm, delish. I've never had these before. I don't know if they're new or just new to me. Probably just new to me. They're so good. They're crunchy on the outside, gummy on the inside. Apparently, the ones at my Walgreens are the red ones, which is the raspberry and blackberry. Apparently, there's also a wildberry variety that I have yet to what? find. I haven't had that. That's Yeah, that's now uh, my goal in life is to find those <laughs> because I fucking love these. They're so good. It's like the, the different texture. Something about the crunch and, and no. the gummy. It's a really good texture experience. And I it's I I mean I find biting into a gummy just very satisfying. I'm sure that's like the appeal to anyone, but something about adding that crunch layer on top, but it's like so much better. It's complimentary in a way that you might think that would be gross. It's, it's kind like, of like uh like a nerd's rope sort yeah. of experience. Yeah. Where it's like nerds on their own fine like whatever that licorice in the middle is fine but you put them together and it's like <laughs> an experience <laughs> so good you know what i and, oh sorry go ahead no it's, it's, i really have nothing more to say <laughs> I was this is my recommendation say, this is not a recommendation but i learned this week that if you take too much melatonin it has the opposite effect uh, so I'm just gonna pass that knowledge along to our listeners. Were you popping them like candy? Like if 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 one melatonin is look, I don't want I don't want to get into it. But <laughs> no, I wasn't. But I was taking I don't know too much too much for my body anyway. All right, and it was keeping me up. And really, you're not supposed to take that stuff all the time anyway. So. Well, maybe don't fuck around a recommendation and a warning and (laughs) whatever the random thing i'm into recently which is the new season of air disasters and the harry bow berry candy again samantha that's all recommendations are every time it's just you're right i'm just like here's a movie i watched here's a thing samantha won't care about that's that's all they are yeah you're being too hard on yourself I shouldn't be so self-conscious about it, but every time I'm like, well, I have nothing to contribute. I have nothing that is going to like enrich someone's life. Be like, oh, I've discovered this thing. I'm sure I enriched many people's lives. We're talking about wet and mild makeup. <laughs> the real reason I'm here. Did I get any free wet and mild makeup? No, I did not. I might have to go back to my shoplifting ways. Save myself at 99 cents. <laughs> Okay, well, I guess that's the end of everything. Be sure to uh, get that Repod app because we love them because they gave us money. And that's how I accept respect. I heard We heard from at least one person on Facebook who had joined Repod and really liked it. Yeah, so there you go. So, they have the, testimonial. The, <laughs> from, yeah, one person thinks it's great. And, uh, yeah, and they had the, the dignity, the integrity... <laughs> bravery (laughs) bravery to give us money so you can't not support that please absolutely Uh, speaking of support uh, we mentioned our patreon several times you can go search for us on patreon we have 50 bonus episodes on there if you give us a one dollar you get 50 episodes of us talking about the randomest shit you've ever heard of every time you say that i'm like wow we're bad at business you probably shouldn't get all of that for one dollar but oh well uh, people seem to really like our last episode, Skeleton Stories. Heard back from a lot of people about different kinds of beakers skeletons are buried with. And mm. it was a, that was a surprisingly educational episode. Skeleton it actually stories. was. Because we watched something not American is why. <laughs> you're so right. We ended up learning things. I was like, I didn't know this about the Bronze Age. And you're right. It's because it was not. It was BBC content. 
If it had been American, it just would have been like, were these bones back for revenge? (laughs) (laughs) Like, we would have learned nothing. Um, Okay, we have a website, perhaps it's you.com. We have, we're on the social media. Not TikTok, though, so sorry about it. We're not, we're not. If if some young person wants to run a TikTok for us, I mean, go ahead, but I'm not going to do it. Um, Oh, though, you should. Arden, Arden. Can you, do you want to like dance around with Robbie Stacky to the X Files theme? Because we can make that happen. Um, people should follow me on my Instagram. Everybody likes Liz because yes. I just I love making those little stupid story posts. So the more people that look at that, the better. What else do we need to? Oh, you got to give us a five star review. You have to. It's the law. <laughs> and uh, anything else? I don't think so. All right. Well, everyone, hang in there. Solve mysteries or don't. Keep barking. Bye. Bye. See you in two weeks.